everyone, and welcome to episode nine of The Lion Theory. It's Luke Brabot here on the mic with my co-star, Stu Adams. Stewie, how are you going? Mate, great intro co-star this week. I love it. Yeah, going well, mate. Looking forward to this one uh, particularly. Yeah, so this week... We have someone who is just starting their journey um, in in the business world and kicking goals, not only in business, but uh, along with that, with the community as well. Um, some really exciting initiatives. You've got something to say, yeah. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to actually sit next to this guy at your uh, Cronulla uh, water polo lunch. So you guys so, have met before. Yeah, we uh, we rub shoulders. Oh, very good, very good. And how did that lunch go? Went all right? Mate, it was, you guys put on a great spread. It was a re- very good day and uh, it was, I was honoured to be there. Oh, very, very good. Well, so without further ado, we introduce our guest, Carl Glasnig. Carl, how are you? Fantastic. Pleasure to be here and thanks for having me on. Mate, just to give everyone a rundown for all our listeners. So, Cal is a budding entrepreneur on top of a lot of other things. He's a student um, at Sydney University. Um, On top of that, he is the founder of a social uh, listing service for for the local area called Job Buddy. So, make sure you look into that. On top of that, he is the co-founder of Plastic Free Cronulla, which is a fantastic initiative. How old is this guy? Mate, I know. When you you listen to the... uh, it looks, about 12. He looks listen- about 12 when I see him. Oh, I know. Right. His pimples hey, are still popping on the screen. His face, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's also the co-founder of Plastic Free Cronulla, which is what I said, and that is based all around reducing single-use plastics, and I'm sure you'll be able to correct me and, and put a better spin on that than what I did. Um, on top of that, he's also uh, the marketing operations coordinator for Delfina, which is a aquatics apparel and uh, aquatic wear company. And even on top of that, he plays water polo and plays at a pretty high level with the Sydney University Club, um, who just recently won their sort of, I guess, National League uh, condensed competition. I heard there was a bit of controversy. There was a lot of controversy there, but um, due to the initial national championships being scheduled for Brisbane, uh, but due to the COVID scare, the whole thing got shut down the day before and they put on a condensed tournament. Anyways, the students got up, as the students do. Um, so, as you can hear, I think, Cal, how old are you? 20, 21? Yeah, turning 21 this year. When's the last time you've slept, Cal? Uh, look, a few few weeks ago. No, I, I do get my um, eight hours, so, um, yeah. Oh, very good. Very good. So, Cal, like we said, welcome to the podcast. I've given everyone a brief introduction in into what you do at the moment, but- to kick things off, I want you to tell me what got you to to your position to where you are today. Talk about growing up for me. I know you're a Cronulla man. Um, mm-hmm. You're a very you know very important links with your family, and I also want to hear about your influences. So, take us from the top, Cal. What has got you in the mindset and to where you are today? Yeah, well, I guess growing up in Cronulla, I've been pretty fortunate to spend a lot of my time at the beaches. In the ocean, sort of ocean swimming, surfing, playing water polo down at Gunnamatta. Um, and with my parents as well, like I've been pretty acutely aware to sort of the different environmental issues that the world has faced. I uh, went to local high schools and then finished up at Carrenbar High. Um, and while I was there, I uh, had an opportunity to get solar panels for the high school. So arranged for um, $100,000 worth of solar to have the school wow. self-sufficient, which is a... Um, Pretty good to see. And then at the end of high school, I went to Noosa for schoolies and up there, um, every cafe and restaurant that I went to, they didn't have any plastic straws, plastic cutlery, plastic bags. And I thought, hey, this is pretty cool. And so all of these restaurants had a certificate called Plastic Free Noosa. And uh, there was an opportunity um, 
in my first year of uni and first semester uh, to start a community project and uh, took this concept to the Cronulla Chamber of Commerce and created this Plastic Free Cronulla initiative, which has sort of, yeah, led me on to the, the path that I'm on now. I want to go back a little bit. Obviously, you, you did mention something about um, having, you know, parents who are very environmentally aware. Mm. Um, can we can we unpack that a little bit more? What, what what made your parents really make you aware of of your surroundings and and how else as humans contribute uh, negatively to the environment? Yeah, well, I guess growing up, like my dad, when I was first born, was involved in the UN, so he was off to Geneva and all these places when I was only a few months old, and so um, he's worked in sort of the environmental sector, whether at government or um like NGOs or now he's sort of uh running a research center down in Canberra so I've always been aware of um I guess different issues that Australia's face and and my mum as well is also um like you know doesn't really hide things from me so yeah I've definitely been aware of sort of climate change and some other issues that um that we've faced from a young age uh, and yeah, just as I sort of went through school and the opportunities to make good and try to solve some of these problems, I, um, I'm just yeah trying to help out where I can. And then you moved on to when you mentioned about the solar panels. I mean, to achieve a hundred thousand dollar donation or donation a, a, a grant offer, you know, for a seven seventeen year old, I guess I'm guessing mm. you would have been at the time. Yeah. Um, Stu Stu asked that question of. Mate, how did you manage to do that? Yeah, how'd you come up with that idea and, and what was the process? Yeah, well, I mean, it sort of makes sense. Like, I mean, it made sense for me at the time and I was sort of pushing for a few years to try to get solar at, um, at my school at Carrenbowl High. And when I got into year 12 and, uh, yeah, joined the SRC, I sort of thought, all right, well, now's the time to do it. So I contacted um, the principal and arranged a meeting and he was sort of like, oh, it's a bit too difficult to, to do this. Um because he got solar, say, 10 years before. And I thought, okay, well, let me just reach out to the um, Department of Education and see, you know, how difficult it can be. And so they got back to um, my principal and turns out that the whole process has been really streamlined and um, the costs significantly had dropped um, over the last 10 years. And even from when I got them installed, like the cost has dropped significantly again as the demand has increased. And yeah, he was pretty excited about it. So I pitched to the um, the PNC. So we needed to get 50% of the funding, so 50 grand. And then the state government matched it with 50 grand as well. So we went for the maximum that you can get on a school before being classified as a power station. Was that an so, ARC grant, like Australian Research Council grant? Or was that just a... I think it's just the... I'm not sure what the particular grant was, but I think it was just a solar in schools or um, some sort of grant on those lines. Yeah, so it's- I want to I want to quote um, the local paper. So Cal actually won the 2020 Young Citizen of the Year for the Sutherland Shire, and so what it was granted from the council, so for a hundred thousand, which was the maximum, and that led to fifteen thousand dollars in savings each year uh, mm. for the school, um, and then. On top of that, it says here you shared a project design for providing green space on former sand mining sites around Boat Harbour with representatives from the council, the government, and Holt Group. So, and on top of that, you had plastic-free Cronulla. So Mate. you've you've really you've hit three major major initiatives. Mainly cool, man. While still studying and 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 pushing through, 
Um, so it's obviously something very, very and, and, close to and your heart. And still playing a high level of sport as well. Yeah. So like that's pretty good, you know, amazing effort, man. That's no, off to thank you. <laughs> and and so Cal, I know you pretty well, and I know every time we talk, we're you know we're both incredibly flustered. Um, <laughs> you know, we're always putting fires out, you know, here, there, or everywhere. Um, Cal, I want to ask you this. Obviously, you've got you know the community work. You've got your your actual work. You've got your studying. You've got your sport. How do you kind of work out what to prioritize? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, like I set goals sort of like the start of each year and um, and I guess the priorities that I set, like I guess most of it is just making sure I enjoy every day. So making sure that there's a balance, that there's something fun, whether it's sport or surfing or catching up with friends or watching a fun movie or I don't know, just something that, that sort of, um, you know, makes the day enjoyable hmm. and then I guess my priorities it's just about achieving the goals so I'm a pretty goal-oriented person with how I go about my life um, so that's probably yeah the, the main way that I prioritize is just setting goals and working and, and I want to hop on that goals um, for the listeners this is a, a listening forum but what you guys can't see is we've got Cal on Zoom at the moment and you can see we can see right behind him He's got a job buddy board, which uh, is a local listing service that essentially is looking to digitize the whole Facebook sort of groups where, you know, you have local areas that will try and give work to other people in those local areas. So, an example of that would be, you know, hey, does anyone know a, you know, painter? Yeah, we, we get that quite a lot in our like rugby WhatsApp group, you know. So I guess that's like on a major scale. That's our little community. Right. I'm not trying to you know, make that look smaller than what it is, but mm. I guess you're doing that on a supersized type scale, right? Well, I think he's just, it's looking to kind of essentially keep everyone in their bubble to look after each other. Yeah, and um, obviously when you get referred by friends and people that know you, then people are more inclined to go with that and get a better job done. So. Yeah. And so, Cal, I want to I wanna ask, given that it's right behind you, I want to ask what Job Buddy is about. I think I gave it a little bit of a, like a layman's name. description. I like the name. Uh, it's not like the- <laughs> how did it come about and, and what's the goal there? Because I know that that thing behind you there is designed to set a goal. Yeah, well... I guess I had the idea um, when I was in high school again, just sort of looking at the different services that were being done in my life, whether my English tutor or someone who installed our blinds or a cleaner or, you know, you name it. Um, And all of these services came from people that my parents either knew directly or had been recommended to by their friends or mutual friends. And then sort of growing up and looking at Airtasker and Upwork and this sort of gig economy and and particularly Facebook groups as well, it became pretty um, obvious that there isn't a solution that can help people save time and connect service providers with people who are looking for um, trusted local um, service providers. So, uh, yeah, when I started uni as well, I joined um, like with the Sydney Uni, there's a little startup competition and so I pitched my idea there and all the um the mentors there just sort of ripped into all my um preconceived notions of entrepreneurship, you know, where you don't tell people your idea and um you know you need to spend a hundred grand building an app and all that sort of stuff. So they just you know um put me in line and I was able to develop um and build the the website over 2019 and then launched it with COVID last year to help um a lot of my friends that were 
put out of work and it's gone pretty well so far and um, just continuing to add new categories and keep on building. So you're building this yourself and, and is this just on the website? Are you, you planning to launch an app or something like that? Uh, so it's already launched. So um, I didn't. I designed it myself but had it built by a team overseas. Um, so you so, funded it? Yeah, yeah. So funded it. So wow. that was, um, yeah. So it was, you know, I definitely have not broken even yet. Um, Mate, join the but, club. Yeah, <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a tech um, company myself, so I know the pain. Yeah, but it's um, yeah, it's going well so far. And I mean, if I can help, however many service providers in my local area, like get one more customer or one more referral, like yeah, you know, it's all worth it. And and so like I'm getting to talk to two people, you know, 20 years apart almost. Wow, thanks, mate. Not 20. Oh well, what is it? 17 or something? Let's say about 16. 17. Right. All right. 16 and a half. <laughs> so, you know, and where. You know, Stu has had through Churn Networks, you know, something that is now very established and continually growing, you know, and hitting more enterprise sort of clients. Well, yeah, when you when you mentioned that, we're about to start building some smart cities again, the Philippines to give free free Wi-Fi through application services. So I was pretty very interested in how Cal's going and how he's gonna upscale it and what's his future plans with that. But yeah, keep going with Yeah, so you have Stu there where, you know, we've we've gotten to that bigger scale and then we have Cal who's starting to climb the mountain um, where you're essentially running sort of little bubbles in area, you know, and, and at the moment it's focused around the Sutherland Shire and St. George, but what's stopping that sort of growth um, into other areas, you know, so you can focus on your eastern suburbs and you can focus on the inner west and then it, it's it's a very, I think it's a very scalable business model. I, re- I really like what he's doing because he's doing, the, he's doing a, a litmus test in his area. And once you get that litmus test done, and you and you and you've shown your MVP, which is a minimum viable product, then you can easily scale that. So he's doing a great job. I, I've actually wish I'd started off a bit slower, like he's doing. So I think he's got he's a you know, lot, lot more screws than me. So yeah, <laughs> well, tightly fitted screws. Tightly, <laughs> mate. I, I like to think big, and I go too big sometimes. <laughs> but hey, it's uh, you know if you. I think I'm going to I'm going to quote one of my favorite actors, uh, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington makes a, a speech at a at a commencement for a a university in the states and one of the things he says he goes if you're going to fail fail big. You yep, know. Yep, done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> done it done it a few times, mate. Yeah. But you learn from that. You learn from that. You but ho- you hope so, don't you? And we so we really hope that, you know, job buddy it, it it's kicked off, but it's certainly something that how did you yeah. come up with a name, Cal? Were you watching Horrible Bosses 2 and saw The Shower Buddy? Or? No, I don't. No. Um, I came up with it sort of when I first came up with the initial concept probably in 2016 because um, I was reading a few biographies like Steve Jobs and Elon Musk and um, and just sort of had this idea to connect people. And um, But, yeah, I was sort of looking at, you know, Facebook and uh, Snapchat and all these businesses, which is like, the ter- like two terms sort of put together, and I guess that's how Job Buddy came to be. And, and going on Luke's question before, how do you manage in your time? When's the last time that you actually said no to something that you really want to do? It's a good question. I think the biggest area that I probably miss out on is just friends, um, probably birthday parties. So, like, I really wanted to go to one of my friends' surprise parties down the coast um, a couple of weeks. I mean, this is not really a big deal, but, um, but yeah, I couldn't go because of the water polo game. So that was sort of the last time I said no to something. I'd say, but that's one of like Steve Jobs' biggest questions. When's the last time you said no to something you really want to do in order to achieve 
the thing that you need to achieve. So, mm. yeah, we, we all have to say no things, particularly you, Luke. Yeah, it, it it's very difficult um, when you've got so many things on your plate and you're getting pulled every which way to kind of assess what is the priority. Um, and then you also got to factor emotion into it because in a lot of these decisions, if, if you went in without emotions, you know, you will sometimes hurt someone. So, it's... Yeah, we've got three three people on this podcast who are very busy with their time. So I think we can definitely share um, similarities in, in our daily lives. And, you know, it's good for our audience to hear that, you know, it doesn't always appear to be smooth sailing. Um, but, you know, you, you do goal set. You do sometimes step back and look at the wreckage and go, right, how can I learn from this? And then you, you <laughs> move ahead, you know. Um, Cal, I want to ask... When it comes to your influences, so you mentioned your parents, you mentioned these sort of, I guess, you know, the greatest entrepreneurs of all time. Um, at the moment, who do you see is kind of your, or do you have a mentor? Do you have someone that you can bounce ideas off? How do you go about that? Yeah, I've been pretty fortunate to have a great support network. Um, I think another really key figure in my family is my grandfather um, and just sort of hearing his story and you know, playing chess and, you know, losing a few games, winning a couple, but um, he's, uh, what, 87 now and can still beat me in chess, which isn't good. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, his sort of story and his hard work and grit to sort of take our whole family and sort of like um, his whole family as well from sort of the poorest of the poor growing up in Newtown during the Depression to um, being a pretty successful builder in um, in the Sutherland Shire. So, yeah, he's definitely a huge role model and influence in my life. I've got to ask, wh- where is your last name from? Yeah, so it's from Austria. So, my father, uh, his parents moved from Austria. Uh, Arnold, World right? Yeah, Father Arnold. So, the Austrian oak. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so my grandfather's a key influence. Um, with the, the Plastic Free Cronulla, there's been a number of individuals that have mentored me through that. So, um, particularly... Uh, Mark Aprilovic from the Cronulla Chamber of Commerce, who um, I sort of bounce a lot of ideas and uh, sort of career and life dilemmas um, uh, across with. So he's been great. And then I guess there's sort of the mentors that, you know, aren't really there, but you're looking at what they're doing and sort of aspiring to be like them. So the Elon Musk, um, Nick Molnar from Afterpay as well. Um, oh, yep, yep, yep. Steve Jobs. So I've sort of got a bit of a mood board or an inspiration board in my room with a few. Uh, are you planning to become a tyrant in- like Steve Jobs or? What was that? You, sorry? Want, you want to be a tyrant like Steve Jobs? Yeah. No. Um, I think <laughs> or just um, reading his story. And it's just so remarkable to think right? about all of these really successful people and just that they came from nothing. And, you know, there's luck and timing and so many factors at play, but there isn't much distinguishing any of us from these people that we idolize. And it's just, you know, one thing goes right or one thing goes wrong, or I don't even know what the secret source is if there is one. But but a lot of these people, like they are just humans at the end of the day that have given life a crack and, um, and we aspire them because of it. Yeah, totally agree. I love the thing about Steve Jobs is his fascination with design came from cl- cl- calligraphy. Can I say the word? Calligraphy. He used to do calligraphy classes. So uh, it's amazing that he came from that. He was walking around barefoot at Stanford and dropped out. Lucky he met was. And uh, yeah, it was right place, right time and right timing mm. as well in the industry. So, yeah, you've got to be in it to win it. 
Yeah, and Phil Knight's another example from Nike. You know, was at was at Oregon running and literally took you know packed his bags and started traveling and got to Japan and just just pitched lightweight running shoes like uh, just uh, out of nothing. He was just this hippie hopping around like you know and and look where Nike is today and it's all based by putting yourself out there. Um, certainly not with that end. Well, in, in Phil Knight's case, he didn't have that end goal in mind. It was just. I just need something to support myself. And you look where Nike is now. Like, it just dominates the, the market. So, from, uh, what is it? From little things, big things grow. Yeah, and I'm just looking at um, Carl's website right now. And uh, Job Buddy, the, the the slogan, trust made simple. So, obviously, like all the people that you're reading about, they try to build their businesses based on trust. Hmm. So, that's something. came up with that one. Oh. So, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but um, I didn't another connect the dots well then. Before I forget, would be uh, Tyler Martin from Delfina. So when I started with them in high school, to um, sort of continuing now, like he's been a really great mentor and um, someone who I definitely look up to. No, very good, very good, Cal. So I want to move on to the next topic, which we've touched on a little bit, and it's the topic based around balance, and but not balance only in in work, but life in general you mentioned before things like you know when you do give yourself time to enjoy yourself um i want to work around the panel here Stu. i know the gym's a big thing for you to to help you balance what other things do you kind of focus on when it when you kind of identify that that the uh you know you're out of whack the, the equilibrium's out and and how do you get back on track that way well normally i'd to be honest i'd go i'd, I'd book a trip and go overseas somewhere um, go on a holiday and just completely disconnect from my businesses and social life. And I've noticed when I do those things, I notice when I do those things, um, I come back refreshed and I actually notice my business. I notice what's going on in my life. I see it from a different perspective. Normally when you're stuck inside it, you don't see as much. So sometimes you need to step out to be able to see what's going on inside. So that's the types of things I do. What, what about you guys? Cal? Yeah, i I mean, I wish I could travel overseas, but I think we're all sort of um, locked down. For the, the bubble, next bubble up in New Zealand I, is I open. I definitely try to get away, so I love going skiing, and um, that was probably the best couple of weeks last year. Was just heading down to the snow and just yeah, disconnecting and um, refreshing uh, down there. I think sort of day to day, I try to just enjoy everything that I do, and if there's sort of areas of my work or studies or life that isn't finding me pleasure like whether it's sort of bad friends or negative people in my life I try to just um sort of distance not distance myself that's the wrong way to put it but um but try to sort of be surrounded by people who sort of lift me up and um give me that energy to keep going I kind of do the same thing so like if you notice me I won't get involved in negative conversation about other people um, I will always try to, to if, if I've got something to say about someone, I'm just trying to invent and understand the situation. But it becomes quite toxic if you be around people that are always going, oh, poor me, or this is happening, that happened. It just brings you down. So you can't fake it all the time and be up, but it's good to be around people that just like, let's not talk shit. Let's just get things done, you know? Yeah, for me, I, and I'll, I'll hop on the back of that. I work on almost like a traffic light sort of theory. So you have your red light, your amber, and your green. And so your red light is people that you you know are going to try and, and be negative towards you. And then I really try and, you know, I'll put on a brave face, but I won't give it much time. Then you have your amber lights who you're aware that, you know, good in small doses, but at the end they will be sort of toxic. 
And so you can give them the time when you want to give them the time and and, and you limit the amount and then you have your green lights where you want to be around them as much as possible because they are a big positive influence on you and alternatively, well, at the same time, you're a big influ- a good influence on them. So when it comes to kind of the, finding the balance for me, one thing is really important is to for me is to step away and just look. Yeah, man, that's amazing. Stop, feel, work it out and go, okay, I need to work out a new direction here or this is the right way to go. Um, I, I enjoy my own time a lot. I, I really like one of my favorite things to do is to go to a coffee shop, hide in the corner and read the paper. Mate, same. Uh, I, for me, like that is, you know, to, to knock out a training session and then do that by myself on a Saturday morning and, you know, leave the phone in the car. It is my favorite thing to do because that is just me time. Um, same thing in a sauna or something where mm-hmm. you can just detach from the world and and really just equalize yourself. So another big thing for me is to just simply step back, look and feel. Mate, I love I love that traffic like analogy. It's yeah. awesome. I, I feel like similar in those things too. I'm not trying to cut you off, but I feel like there's a lot of people that I do give time to, and I realize when I need my time, I just will switch off from them. But yeah. I'll, I'll get back to them eventually, but just. Not today, Mm-mm-mm. mate. That's very, very enlightening stuff, um, man. And, and finally, and finally, the thing around balance for me is, in order for my mind to work well, I need my body to be working well, and so that's where the physical activity comes into it. You know, whether that be playing sport, um, lifting in the gym, doing ocean swim. I think one of the most liberating things in the world is to to be able to swim in the ocean and to go 100%. from A to B. It is. It is, there is nothing, I don't think you could pay any psych or any sort of professional, any of that sort of amount of money to, to get the feeling that you get after a nice swim, jellyfish free, <laughs> like no no men in grey suits under you, like, oh, it's the best. <laughs> you know, you get it from A to B and you're untouched and you're like, that was fantastic. No, no stings, mate. Yeah. No stings. Oh, I, like- got, I, got one, I got one yesterday. Oh, mate. I got one yesterday, the son of a bitch. I got... Uh, I pulled up at South Cronulla. I'd gone from North Cronulla, which is about, a, I think it's about a kilometre swim up and back. And I just kind of went to adjust my goggles and something came up behind me and got me. And I went, <laughs> oh, far out. Because then it, and it rubs on your shirt as well when you get out. And it's just, ah, oh, pain in the ass. Mm. Anyway, maybe, sorry. Maybe you two can take me for a swim. I'll plant myself between you because I'm scared shitless of sharks. Uh, well, fun- funnily enough, so my girlfriend, Molly, when we go for a swim, she's absolutely anal when it comes to it could be a bit of seaweed. It could be a bit of anything. And we went through this patch of like sea lice that were, that were, they were having a bit of a nibble. And, <laughs> but we're in the middle of the ocean, right? And, you know, I'm swimming and she's actually a, be- a much better swimmer than I am. But how far out are we talking? Oh, we're talking. We're, we're, mate, it would, it's, it's 800 meters to get back to shore, oh. put it that way. So it's a fair hike. And we're swimming along and I just get this tug behind me and I'm like, what the hell was that? So I turn around and she's like, it got me, it got me. I'm like, what got you? There was a bit of sea lice or something that kind of gave her a bit of a pinch. And I'm like, that's great. We got to keep going so we're not in this school of sea lice and copping it. And she's like, no, no, it got me. And then grabbed hold of me. And then I'm starting to go under. And I'm going, you realize that all you're doing is drowning both of us. We're not (laughs) getting any closer to shore. So yeah, look, long story short, um, if you get stung out there, just keep moving. Oh, mate, I'd probably <laughs> think it's a shark and freak out and try to get back to shore and have yeah. about 15 anxiety attacks. Good, good weight loss program for me, though, so I should get more out there more often. Yeah, so that look, that's my last thing. So that really wraps up the topic on balance. 
Our next topic is story of the week. All right, and this week's story is uh, about a Florida man and his pet chicken who developed social media fame. So, funnily enough, the guy's name's Dave Cox and his pet chicken, Sammy, live near Niceville. But together, they've been surfing in Georgia, snowboarding in Colorado, seen the Mexican border in El Paso, Texas, attended the Kentucky Derby, and recently stopped at the Canadian border. And and they couldn't cross because Sammy does not have a passport. Sammy's Instagram profile, at Sammy Chicken, has more than 46,000 followers. My question to the panel here, what's your favourite animal person duo? Oh, Stu, I'll let you go first. Favourite animal person duo. Yeah. Have, so, to, have to say Turner and Hooch, Tom Hanks and that dog, man. Uh, yeah. What a movie. He slobbered everywhere. Um, they started off with, you know, uh, two different types of people and they became one and then um, unfortunately Hooch copped at the end and went to the farm. <laughs> but uh, I've got to say Turner Hooch, what a movie. I'll probably watch that a thousand times. Uh-huh. Do you know the movie, Cal? No, I don't. Uh, it's be past his generation. <laughs> nah, he's all about, he's all about the, the Marvels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it. more acting. Yeah, man, what a movie. I think yeah. that's a great movie. I remember him walking the dog outside the car because it was slobbering everywhere and it was eating everything. And uh, I had a dog like that, Ruby. I had to get rid of her, send her to the farm as well. <laughs> she ate a whole couch and half my house. So, right. Uh, Turn Hooch, beautiful Turin movie. Hooch. Cal? I'd have to say probably one of the most iconic ones, Michael Jackson and his pet monkey. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't beat. Don't know what's happening to the monkey, but (laughs) yeah, probably at the farm too. (laughs) (laughs) Was it? It's Bubbles, I think. That farm's getting full, right? Is it Bubbles? Is that the name? Yeah, it was Bubbles. Bubbles. Yeah, 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 Bubbles the monkey. Okay, I'm going to go with my one of my favourite cartoons of all time, The Simpsons. And so Barton Santa's little helper. No, yeah, really? Santa's a big fan. But then uh, notable mentions, notable mentions. Brian the dog in Family Guy <laughs> is <laughs> absolutely hilarious. He shits on Santa's little helper. Oh, uh, true. Now, yeah, he's pushing. He's pushing. He's he's very funny. Seth MacFarlane is a genius. Like he is just unbelievable. I watched a a skit with Graham Norton, and he's just sitting on, and it was himself, Tom Cruise, oh, some. I forget her name. She's very good, a very good actress, and Seth's sitting there, and all he did was just do impressions of, of Family Guy, and he had Tom Cruise wrapped around his finger. He was absolutely hooked. Seth was so entertaining, but yeah, back to Santa's little help. I love Brian, and then closer to home, my brother Nick and his cat Elsa <laughs> Mate, of Instagram that, fame. That, that's a close second for me. He sent a few pictures again this week to me. He's freaking me out. I got a video last yeah, night. He, <laughs> there's actually like a formal Christmas portrait of my brother and his white cat that's been circulating social media, which is uh, quite absurd. Some people think it's weird, but I think it's hilarious. I love it. Yeah. Keep, hey, Nick, if you're listening, keep sending them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a mad collage going. So, yeah, look, you can reach us on social media, guys. So send us through your favourite... Animal person duos, or maybe trios, or, or, or foursomes, or whatever. But uh, no videos, please. We just keep this PG. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh well, I've got nothing to say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, send them through on social media, and if and if they're any good, we'll read them out next week. So now it's time for Stew's hack of the week. Week, week, <laughs> week, 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 week. We're back, baby. Yeah. Um. So this week we're going to be a bit different. The, the, it was actually a question that I asked you in the car on the way here. Do you remember what it was? 
something to do with uh, a detox. It was of the. Uh, I said to you, what's fucking up relationships in this world? Uh, well, what you said, one word: phones. Phones, hundred percent. Yeah. So, so my question to the panel is: How do you detox and, and get away from your screen time? One. And two, do you have, do you set times a week where you just pull your phone away and get away from it? Because at the moment, it's one thing is uh, someone asked me a question the other day. He goes, Stu, how do I get rid of anxiety and depression the fastest way possible? I said, chuck your fucking phone away, uh-huh. right? Because it's just causing you chaos. So what do you? It's causing chaos in relationships. It's causing chaos. People judging each other. It's causing chaos. People living better lives than each other. It's all fake. So what do you guys do to detox? How do you get away from it? It's an addiction. It's an absolute addiction. Yes, 100% agree with you, Stu. So I think the biggest thing that I do is just monitor what uh, time I'm spending on different apps. So I set time limits on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, <laughs> and then with Instagram as well, I make sure that I'm not on my own personal feed for that long. Um, like I try to restrict myself to like five to 10 minutes a day, which seems like a long time, but like people spend hours. Man. A lot of my friends spend hours just making sure they're up to date with what's going on on the Instagram sphere. So that's a key one. And then TikTok as well is sort of the same case. Facebook, I don't really go on Facebook. So sort of cutting out Instagram and I guess TikTok and um, making sure I'm not on Facebook that much. It's, so like going on my phone isn't necessarily that unhealthy. So what's your opinion? Does it, does it ever cause you any, any, any feelings of anxiety or does it cause you any problems in relationships, this type of stuff? Uh, I am single, so no issues with relationships. <laughs> Mate, come on, yeah, look, no, look at him. He's a stallion, I mean, isn't he's, he? He's, he's, listeners, he's coming know? out of stable number five at Randwick. Oh, yeah. Look at him. He's a well-fed cult. Look at him. Yeah, oh, young buck over here. Come on, mate. Tell me. You can tell no. us. This is, this is you know, obviously you want to keep on the DL if you're not... If they're not, if they're not in you know serious relationships. Hold on, Stu. Do you want to reset, mate? Yeah, reset. <clears throat> <laughs> obviously, you want to keep it down low if you if they're not serious relationships. So obviously, you got a few floating around, don't you? No, not not the case. No, nah, but thin, um, lives at home, mate. I, thin walls. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I guess to answer your question in regards to anxiety, it's not so much anxiety from social media. It's more probably just. I guess, like looking at, you know, the haves and haves nots. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty fortunate that like I've sort of grown up at the perfect time. Like, for example, my brother's age and sort of younger, like they're getting social media like when they're 10 or 11 um, years old. So I was sort of lucky that I sort of started to get it, you know, when I was 13, 14. And so, which is still pretty young, but I wasn't at sort of that vulnerable age where I was still. Like I sort of knew a life before social media um, where like unfortunately a lot of people younger than me don't. Well, funnily enough, enough, I know people who are having newborns and one of the first things they do is put together a social media account for them. You're fucking- Yeah, 100%. 100%. There are people out there that are as soon as, you know, your young John Citizen's born, straight away at John Citizen 1, boom. And from day one, they have a social media account. It's not a yeah. bad thing, though, because they've got a whole story of their life. They do have a whole story of their life. But like Cal said, like it, there is life outside of social media. So, yeah. you should be able to experience that. And, and uh, it's, un- it's the unfortunate reality that it's becoming normal. You know, it's becoming mm-hmm. normal to view life through a lens or th- through your phone or through 
your laptop or whatever it is, you know? So, sorry to cut you off, Carl, but it was just an interesting point that you made that you had a time before social media. Yeah, well, I sort of feel as though, like, I don't know if you guys watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Yeah, definitely. But I think there's, like, over the next five to ten years, I don't really know if social media is going to be a part of our daily lives. I think we're so aware now of the negative impacts on our mental health, probably physical health as well, sort of staying um, on our devices, that I think that there is probably going to be a pushback and maybe a social media 2.0 that um, that is what it should be, which is just sort of sharing moments and memories with those you care about as opposed to sort of trying to benefit yourself commercially. I, I think I'm going to go opposite way and throw, buddy. I'm going to throw a, a, a wild theory out there. I think it's going to go the opposite way. I think it's going to get to the point where everyone's available to be watched live. It's almost like mm. that, you know, and and you know, especially with the ability to track, the ability to um, be live with really anyone. I think we get to that point where you can <laughs> have a, uh, a a digitized coffee with anyone. Oh, um, mate, that's you know, and cards. and you're gonna have you'll have virtual reality holidays, and you're gonna have like these sort of absurd. The whole thing of earthing just won't exist anymore. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be able to do it at home. They'll put a bucket of sand under your couch and you put your feet and you go, I'm earthing. Your brother made a good point to me. I said, I don't have time to have a cat because I travel a lot. And he sent me a uh, link to get a virtual cat. <laughs> <laughs> but so I think that's the way it's heading. Honestly, I think I am concerned that 2.0 could be even worse. The other way. Yeah. The Matrix. The Matrix. Exactly yeah. right. Um, well, look, for, for me, my... Um, detox, I guess the way I kind of get rid of it is like I said, just step back. If you don't have it on you, you can't look at it. You know, the whole, I love being on airplanes. Oh, I could live on an airplane. I love it. Why? Because until very recently, you had the, the no Wi-Fi um, and to I, I just don't want to turn it on. I love the fact that I'm disconnected. So, that's my biggest thing is if it's not, if you don't have it, in the water, you can't swim with your phone, therefore get in the water. And that's a big problem that you love being on planes so you can be disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> Extreme. I'm oh, just going to get an eight-hour flight every week to get away from my phone. <laughs> no, it's something that I do enjoy. I really I really like not having my phone. So, and, and, you know, when we have, you know, if you're at dinner or you're at, you know, out with friends or whatever, you're, you know, I know people don't like to put it in their pocket. So, you just put it on the table, turn it upside down, leave it there. Yeah, that's exactly what no, I do. Leave it there. And if the thing's going off, look, you can deal with it later. So, that's me. Um, so, that takes us- No, it's me now. Oh, you're on. Yeah, oh, you're going to hack it. What don't, are you taking, no. Stu? What, what, <laughs> well, I take about 15 different supplements to cure this one. But no, <laughs> the real thing that I do, I do it on a Saturday and I do it on a Sunday. I put my phone in, leave my phone in the house and I'm, I map out a walk and I go leave the house for four to six hours. And I make sure I can't come back to it. So I just completely detox. And I do weird shit like walk barefoot and get in the ocean and do all that type of stuff. But completely disconnect from it. And I feel so recharged and refreshed after. I feel like a new person. I feel like, you know, the way the world's been lifted off my shoulders. Because I am addicted to my phone. There's no doubt in the world. If, I, if, you, if you ask me if I was addicted to something, it'd be coffee and my mobile phone. And, and in a bad way. Lately, I've been looking at it far too much. And I wish there was something that I could do more often outside work hours. So Monday to Friday, it's not an option for me not to have it on it because I have to be connected to business partners, staff, emails, all that type of crap. But on Saturdays and Sundays, I do try my best to just detox from that in a way of going for a walk, leave my phone at home, get a coffee, go read the paper, 
and do stuff that I used to do pre, you know, social media and stuff like that. But I've, I've been owning a tech company and being pretty contradictive here because I'm releasing apps where I require people to be on the phone to monetize. But I truly think that we're going to go the other way. I think we're going to get too fucking connected. And it's scary, man. Like looking at the, the analytics and data of where we're going, you're seeing things like Elon Musk is doing things, like putting plant implants in your brain, right? Where you'd be connected all the time. You can rewind memories. And these things aren't healthy to me. Another thing you, they've also shown, monkeys playing computer games with their minds using these NLP chips. So, I don't know, man. I think that, you know, we could talk about it all day long. It's a pretty good subject. But the best thing that you can do is get away from your phone. You're feeling anxious. You're feeling down. Get away from your phone. Be around some positive people that can also disconnect from their phone and not touch their phone while you're out with them. I definitely turn my phone upside down and, uh, and leave it there. I even handed to people when last weekend I handed to the wrong person and they changed me footy tips. <laughs> <laughs> and guess, because they know I'm a massive Knights fan, so they changed it to the Tigers and the Tigers won. I didn't know about it. And then they messaged me the next day saying, you owe me a massive, fa- uh, massive favor. I go, what do you mean? And he goes, yeah, I, I changed your tips from the Knights to the Tigers. I went, fucking yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I try, to, I try to limit myself that way. Uh-huh. And I think, there's, I think we should be trying to do that a lot more at nighttime and, and you know, get back into reading and... Oh, I think cooking dinner with your partner, you mm. know, if you've got a partner, Cal's probably got 15, but he doesn't want to talk about it on the podcast, so we'll leave that alone. But I've signed a few uh, non-disclosure agreements. We'll, we'll put an NDA. You'd, you'd be running out of ink, surely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't talk about it, you know, <laughs> the new app's coming out, and, and obviously, like, your new social buddy platform that you're going to launch now with the social media 2.0, right? 2.0. <laughs> yeah, social buddy. Social buddy's coming out soon, guys, so we'll change your world. <laughs> So it takes us to question time for this week. And question master, Stu, take us away, my friend. What are our listeners asking about this week? Uh, some controversial ones, Lukey. I'm pretty, uh, pretty scared to answer these ones because uh, I've got some opinions on it. But we'll go with the first one. We'll go Carl to Luke to Stu. Um, we'll pass the ball around and we'll see where we get with this one. What is your opinion on the COVID vaccination? Ooh, coming mm. from Young Buck over here. What do you, what's your opinion, mate? Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to get vaccinated so I can head overseas. And um, I mean, I don't. I mean, it's probably a bit of a controversial topic, but um, uh, yeah, I'm sort of waiting to to go to be able to travel and um, yeah, get some blood clots on the plane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's I like. I guess it's sort of a few months away, hopefully, because um, I know that there's been a bit of a slow rollout, but. I guess I just, we'll probably look into it a bit more when it's um, my time, but um, just for the moment, I'm sort of keen and ready to go. I think for me, I'm very similar to Cal. Um, you know, I'm happy to get the jab because, <laughs> because yeah, I do want to travel. Um, I always focus on, I try to focus on the things that are in my control and this um, disease, this pandemic is certainly something that I cannot control. Um, all I can do from my point of view is be as healthy as possible. Um, so if, you know, I don't know enough about it, about how to really contract it, but if my immune system and my general health is at a, you know, fairly high level, then my recovery, if I do get it, will be a lot quicker than other people, I do think. Um, so when the jab does happen, look, yes, there have been some hiccups along the way, but that is to be expected. Um, but like I said, it's out of my control. So I'm happy to get the jab. I want to go overseas. I want to travel. I want to be able to travel for my career. 
along with for for, for personal reasons. Um, I want you know I look at things like you know my mum's a personal example. She's got four brothers, four sisters. Um, my mum missed um, my grandmother's her mum's funeral because of COVID. Um, I she hasn't seen her family in 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 a few years and. You know, it's very tough to be the only person on the other side of the world and simply not have that option of being there. So, in the context of everything, just jab me and I'll, I'm happy. <laughs> For me, I, I'm on the fence because I work with uh, people that are in this department. I've sat on a lot of um, conference calls and and because one thing that the jab doesn't do, doesn't get rid of the fact that you can still get COVID, right? You still get it. You just won't be as systematic. So... That's one reason is you're still going to be able to get it. You're still going to be able to spread it. So what's what's you might not be able to spread it as far, um, which is pretty good. So I, I take that into consideration. But I I also take into consideration where you know there's they don't know if this is going to make people infertile or not and stuff like that. So for my sister and her her partner, they're going to be taking their time um, to reassess and try and fall pregnant before they do the jab and travel. And then the last case is like we need to have a vaccination travel passport after we get COVID to be able to travel, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's pretty fair. Like you don't have to have a, a, a measles passport or a pox passport to travel. So these things are becoming pretty um, forced upon us. So if you have an opinion, you don't want to take it. I, I feel that's fair. And if you're going to go get quarantined before and after, I think that's fair. So I don't think we should force people to do something they don't want to. And we're not educated enough on the situation as well. Just reading the paper today, there's new strains coming out that the vaccine doesn't protect. So, you know, we might be jumping the gun here, but obviously we want to keep Australia as safe as possible. So I love to travel. They've got the New Zealand bubble and the Singapore bubble opening up soon. So, yeah, I, 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 my opinion's probably just sitting on the fence there and wait and see. And then we'll go to the next question. This one would be uh, pretty ideal for you guys. Oh, you want any, any feedback no, no, no. on that? No, I'm happy with that. Very happy. Uh, if you could play any sports in the Olympics, which sport would it be? Ooh, uh, oh, probably water polo for you two guys, eh? Nah. Nah. Golf. <laughs> Is that mm, in there golf. now? 100%. Because if you, generally, if you win the Olympic, if you win the gold medal in golf in the Olympics, you look at who's won the gold medal in the past. Like Tiger Woods has won the gold medal, right? It means he's the best golfer in the world. Same time, well, Tiger Woods, bad example at the moment. He's. He's best, mangled every which way. Best driver. Yeah, yeah, no, certainly not the best driver. That's uh, Dick Shambro. But uh, <laughs> Tiger Woods is dead last at the moment. Um, but basically, I think golf, why? Because I could go to six Olympic Games. I could, in the interim, be you know the best golfer oh, in the world. Athlete. Um, you know, you'd, you'd literally be on over a million, uh, over a billion dollars by that time. Um, and it's something that isn't as taxing on your body and especially your head. Yeah. You, can- um, you, know, you know, have the, con- the the chats with concussion and, and, and contact sport. I just think longevity, prize money, passion, it, it all makes sense to me. Golf. All right, all right, all right. Cow. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, Luke, but I'd have to say water polo. Um, yeah, it'd just be... I'm absolutely unreal to be able to represent um, whatever country. Maybe Austria if um <laughs> No, nah, there's no no hope over there. You might um, pull you might pull a, a they do have the European championships for the the second tier nations. I, I know that because we have a friend of ours, Ben Matthews, who has played for the Irish national team in that competition. Yeah, Austria do play. They do have a team. So I'm in the process of getting my citizenship. Um, now, so 
But uh, but yeah, no, water polo would probably be the the one sport I'd love to play in at the Olympics. Stu, mate, I would uh, I'd have to go swimming and I'd go to fifteen hundred meter because growing up I idolised uh, Kieran Perkins and he was a genius. He came out of lane eight. Uh, was it the two thousand? No, ninety ninety six. Atlanta I came think. out of lane eight after having a bug. Just qualified, only just qualified and won it, and that was like the pet event for me growing up. So I would have. Love to have been in the fifteen hundred meters, even though it takes forever. And but you know you get lots of sponsorship because there's lots of sponsorship time on that time. You know, so you can, <laughs> yeah. the longer you're on the TV, they could <laughs> even run. They could even run an ad break on you. Yeah, come come back a few hours later. Stu's still going. So I'd, I'd do the fifteen hundred meter, and uh, that's the end of that question. So we'll, we'll move on to the next one, which is what's a song lyric that resonates with you the most? Shit, I don't, I, I, I'm hopeless at this. I don't, I don't even have a Spotify playlist. Ooh, that's a. Oh, where do you start? You look at the iconic songs, and you know it's based around lyrics, words, actions, the time it was written. Oh, that's tough. Um, who oh. asked that question? Uh, it comes. From, do you want me to answer that? Yeah. Yeah. It came from Cat from the gym. She's a legend. She's a few tunes in every week. She's trying to stump that's us. A bloody good question. I'm gonna go. Uh, I think one that I do enjoy, um, which it's an older song. It's Johnny Cash, and he goes, um, "Ain't no grave gonna hold my body down," and it's all about rising from adversity. And I heard that with my granddad years ago before I knew who Johnny Cash was. And I've always been someone who has kind of used negativity to fuel what I do. Fucking and hey. so that that's a lyric for me that resonates with me. Ain't no grave going to hold my body down. Ooh, this is getting deep, Lukey. You're back in your- I'm back. <laughs> the, the apostle's back. The, the he's back. <laughs> <laughs> and Cal's been uh, he's been a Spotify search yeah. he's Google he's looking at the top 100 songs of all time yeah, that was whap yeah. in the background yeah, I think yeah, look, <laughs> I, I had to keep it PG oh um, but so there's a song by Drake laugh now cry later um, and there's a lyric that says I'm in the trenches relax deep so mate. I guess that is sort of like my mindset at the moment is just like I'm you know in the trenches I'm working so everyone else who's sort of like Know, making sure I'm all right. Just relax. Like it's all good. So that's good, man. Stu, you gotta I, have one, mate. I, one. I'm, I've chopped my legs off here because I've got stumps on this one. Um, ain't no mountain high enough, but it's not about getting to a girl. It's about getting to my goals. So okay. because, you know, use that as your mantra. You know, you know, only businesses and doing a lot of things. You're gonna hit rock bottom quite a few times, and it's what makes you stronger uh, in the end that gets you out of those holes and you know those situations. So ain't no mountain high enough because. I'm climbing that mountain every day, man. I go down the bottom of it and start again, and you know it happens every day. So I, I watch Remember the Titans on Saturday. Caught a bit of it, and you're, they run it. In, me, they run Petey. it in the sheds. You're killing me, Petey. <laughs> Sunshine. <laughs> oh, he's from California. <laughs> but that's so, where they run it. They are. Yeah. What a great song. It's a beautiful what song. A great it's song. an oldie. It's, uh, they read it when I was in you know, 1960, so around when I was born. So yeah. What a pu- perfect timing. No, nah, very good question. Love that question. And oh, we're gonna get we're gonna get really stumped on this one, and I'm gonna I reckon Cal should answer this one first. The next question is: What has been the most uh, what what has been the moment that has been the most influential to your personal development? 
So we're talking about things that might have happened, you know, to get to you where you are today. You might have hit rock bottom and it set you on the path where you're going today. So anything that resonates with you? Yeah, well, the first thing that comes to mind was when I was pushing to become school captain at the end of year 11 uh, for year 12, um, I had an idea to do a prank for my school captain speech. And so, yeah, managed to get, I don't know if you're familiar with the ABC show Prank Patrol, um, but I got the host of that, Scotty Tweedy, to come to our school and we pulled a prank off, uh, which backfired and had me withdrawn from being school captain. So, yeah, that was probably a moment that I was, um, I guess, extremely disappointed with my actions and I should have just, um, you know, stuck to the status quo and done a normal speech. But I guess from that, I yeah, the school sort of felt a little bit guilty for withdrawing me and maybe that's what um, that pushed for the solar panels and helped nudge that a little bit more or I don't know. But it was a really good experience just knowing that, you know, that there's going to be other things out there and not to get too hung up on missing I'm, out on that. I'm so impressed that you got that guy out there, one. And two, doesn't that show you some unique leadership skills? Like you want your school captain to go above and beyond and have that ability to bring things to the table and get them done, right? So he's obviously demonstrated that in a live instance. So what do you think about that? Yeah, for me, I'm going to use two examples, ones of regret and ones of um, something positive. Biggest regret in my life um, was not going to college overseas when I had the opportunity. I kick myself to this day and then whenever I get the opportunity to pass on um, a bit of experience to someone, you know, of that age that gets to have the opportunity. I, I push all for it. Um, the reason I didn't go was I, I was very career driven at 18 and I didn't really get to enjoy my early teen, uh, my early 20s um, and because I was just hammering away at this goal that wasn't even mine. And then that leads to the biggest probably decision in my life which was to move away from construction and pursue my new goal. Um, so that's been the two. So one driven from regret, but then eventually led to a decision that I am now becoming very happy with. Yeah, mate, and you're, you're, you're kicking those goals by the sounds of things and you probably have something good to talk about in the next few yeah, weeks yeah. to share with the panel. So, Absolutely. Um, impressive. For me, it's, there's probably been a few moments, but most of those moments have come through adversity. And and in and, and coming through, I, I spoke about it last uh, podcast. Um, you know, having really bad business partners in the first business I came into that uh, set me back because I believed everyone exchanged in the same way. So I learned about people there. And then probably um, the, the 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 other adversity was just losing everything all in the, in the space of a few weeks. So I had to sell out of my gym for a cheap price. Mum passed away and I went through, and, I, and, and I, my, the missus broke up with me a week before mum passed and was pretty hostile towards that situation. And then I had to move to San Francisco a couple of weeks later and I was at complete rock bottom, but it's changed me completely to the man I am today. You know, I'm, I'm not as naive. I'm still empathetic and giving, but it's just opened my eyes up to a new world and it's made me a better person and it's made me a better leader in my business. And it makes me think about things a whole lot deeper before I act on anything. So... Hitting rock bottom um, once or twice. I've done it probably twice in, in my life. And there's only one way up when you hit rock bottom, and that's up. And, you know, you've got to learn from those instances. So if you just sit there and play victim, you're not going to get anywhere. So if you know me, you'll never see me sit in a victim stance. I'll always go, well, that's, that happened for that reason, that reason, and we've got to keep moving. And, you know, this was my fault. That was my fault. That, that could have been done better. There's never ever blame game. So that's what I've learned from those those types of 
things, and I think everyone uh, will will learn from probably adversity more than they will learn from their victories. So, I say, people, when you something's going wrong in your life, um, take that in. It's a roller coaster. Hold on. You're at the bottom. You're going to go straight back up to the top in the next few weeks, months, years, and it's not a rush. You know, we've got plenty of time to make um, good decisions and bad decisions, and just take your time a little bit. So that's yeah, that's what I yeah. And that's the last question of the week. Um, it's been a pleasure having Carl. Uh, Cal, is it Cal? How do I say yeah, Cal? Cal? The big sexy. Mate, it's impressive what you've been doing uh, for such a young uh, fellow. I uh, just looked at your website. It's very impressive. So, I'm, I'm, mate, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on you for sure. Um, I'm, you should be proud of yourself, man. Yeah, cheers. Uh, as, as Stu said, thanks, Cal, for joining us today. Stu, yeah, it's always been a pleasure. pleasure. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Very good. And don't forget to send your questions through for next week. But until then, this has been The Lion Theory. Have a lovely morning, afternoon or evening, and we will hear from you soon. See you later, everyone. See you guys.